in three, in two, in one. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's a pleasure to sit down with you for the next few minutes to chat. Tim Anderson here, the appraiser's advocate. We call this podcast, What's So Special About the Neighborhood Boundaries? Neighborhood analysis is a topic that does not get a lot of coverage in either our qualifying education nor in our continuing education. So, what are some potential inconsistencies and problem areas when it comes to indicating the subject's neighborhood boundaries? That the subject's neighborhood has certain boundaries is clear, typically from the report's narrative. It's also clear from the appraiser's description of the subject's boundaries on page one of the appraisal report. The potential inconsistency comes from the lack of a description of why these are the neighborhood's boundaries, if the boundaries are too arbitrary, or if they are too large. This latter situation implies the appraiser put no thought or analyses into them, and their reportage is therefore merely boilerplate without market support. Another issue here is that boilerplate rarely relates to the final value opinion. It's there merely to fill space or CYA. Typically, however, it does not CYA at all. It merely pads the report and gives the state board more stuff to ask questions about. Since so much of boilerplate has no purpose other than filling space, why is there so much of it in an appraisal report? It hinders more than it helps. Another potential inconsistency in the analysis of the neighborhood's boundaries is a statement such as, quote, the subject is in a good neighborhood, unquote. The problem here is there is no definition of what composes a good neighborhood. It is absolutely impossible that somehow a neighborhood became sufficiently self-aware that it manifests the capacity to make balanced and objective moral and ethical choices. Thus, a neighborhood cannot be good. Such a statement is inherently misleading, something USPAP asks us to avoid. In addition, such a description as, quote, a good neighborhood, unquote, is potentially biased. Fannie Mae makes it clear the appraiser is not to judge or rate the neighborhood. We're merely to describe objectively and accurately what is within its boundaries. For more on this, you need to see the Fannie Mae Selling Guide at section B4-1.3-03. Ideally, the neighborhood description in the appraisal report makes clear the reasons for choosing the neighborhood's boundaries. That description also analyzes and summarizes what it is that makes the neighborhood attractive or unattractive to buyers. Merely to state the neighborhood is popular with buyers, but then not explain both how and why the appraisal reached that conclusion is inconsistent with logic. It also fails to demonstrate the appraiser's analyses of the market. Two, it is inconsistent with what Fannie Mae expects as part of the contents of the neighborhood analysis section of the reporting form. If the market wants to buy properties in the subject's neighborhood, implying increasing prices, why does the market demand property here rather than somewhere else? Not to analyze and then explain the demand for properties in the subject's neighborhood is inconsistent with logic. It also fails to help Fannie Mae and her investors to assess and measure risk in that neighborhood, which really is the purpose of any market value appraisal. 
Next, let's consider the potential trouble spots in the market conditions section of the report. It's common to see the appraisal report indicate the local market is, quote, stable, with supply and demand, quote, in balance, and a marketing time of, quote, three to six months. Nevertheless, later, the report's narrative indicates there is a weak market demand for properties in this neighborhood, implying prices should be changing, likely downward. Potentially, the inconsistency is that a stable market implies no significant changes over time, yet a market with weak or strong demand is one in which price changes should occur over time, therefore they should be present in the report. To fail to analyze and then explain this anomaly is inconsistent with both logic and Fannie Mae's demands of appraisers. It also calls into question the appraiser's competency, as well as the appraisal's credibility. Note that if some of the sales took place in a market in which first mortgage interest rates were higher or lower than they were as of the appraisal's effective date, if they were, there must be a financing or cash equivalency adjustment to account for this difference or a detailed explanation, not a mere statement, of why this difference does not merit an adjustment. This is a component of the market conditions in the subject's neighborhood. Remember that when first mortgage residential interest rates increase, the public's ability to afford a mortgage decreases. To fail to account for that change when it is necessary to do so is inconsistent with logic as well as potentially misleading. It's also inconsistent with Fannie Mae's desire that we help her understand the risks of investing in mortgages in that neighborhood. Again, such an omission calls into question the appraiser's competency as well as the appraisal's credibility. So, let's summarize. Does the report contain an explanation of why the appraisal used those specific boundaries rather than some other ones? There has to be a reason the appraisal used those boundaries. What is it or what are they? Has the appraisal report avoided the overuse of boilerplate? Boilerplate can be a time saver. It can also be a waste of time. And it's potentially misleading if its inclusion doesn't tell the client anything. As part of the neighborhood analysis, did we judge or rate it? Or did we describe it objectively with market data as the base of that description? Is the report internally consistent? To state in the report demand exceeds supply, but that the market is stable and prices are not increasing is an inconsistency, thus potentially misleading, and appraisers really need to avoid that. Thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure to be with you. I look forward to the next time. Please be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. If I can ever do anything for you, if you find yourself in trouble with your state appraisal board, or if you're just on the wrong side of a subpoena or need some training, informing, or mentoring, please contact me, Tim, theappraisersadvocate.com. It will be an honor to work with you. My best to you and all of yours. Be safe and well. And we're clear. Oh, and by the way, are your professional fees sufficiently professional?